Hey guys, have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a few others. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And I save the best part for last. It's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
Welcome to the Intellectual Stew. Let me know if y'all can hear me. If you can hear me, do me a favor, drop a one in the chat or drop a heart in the chat. Drop. Let me know that you can hear me, please, please. Can you hear me, Ashley? Say yes, please, ma'am, if you can hear me. I'm trying out this new equipment tonight, and I want to make sure that all of our technical difficulties are out of the way up front. You can hear me. Okay, good, good, good. Who else is in the chat? I see a uh, few people in there now go ahead and let me know you're there i know y'all i'm not supposed to be in this seat i'm really not supposed to be in this seat somebody else is supposed to be in this seat but um as the old saying goes the show must go on hey what's up patricia good to see you tonight uh the show gotta go on regardless so uh i'm here and i'm going to make sure that uh that's why we call it the intellectual stew with james kirkland because there's one going to be at least one constant every week, and that constant is making sure that I am here. Uh, but I really, really was going to, uh, I was really going to allow someone else to kind of take my seat 
and interview me. Uh, but unfortunately, I guess they're either dealing with technical difficulties or they're either on their way. But regardless, like I said, the show has to go on. But let me know, how was y'all's day? How was y'all's week? How are things going in your life? I know this January has been a long year already. It's um, But what is this, uh, the 31st? So we're finally finished uh, this month up. And that's cool. I'm ready to get out of January and get into February and uh, get on to the rest of the year. But I'll, but uh, so far, so good. It's not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. I've uh, I've actually uh, it's 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 all good. All good. I mean, you know what? I, I, I tell people all the time that um, life uh, lends lessons, but it's on, it's on us to consider the clues. Ashley, I sent you a uh, a link. If you're in uniform and if you have a voice, uh, come here. You can you can come help me today tonight if you want to for a few minutes. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm I, I uh I uh yeah. Li- I tell people all the time, life lends lessons. It's just on us to consider the clues, and that's what uh that's what I'm trying to do as I con- as I continue on this path uh, that I call uh, uh this path on this path to this place called better last days uh, okay yeah that's cool jess uh, ashley i can handle it but uh i was kind of hoping i can get some questions but maybe you know what y'all can interview me yeah y'all that are in the chat if y'all have specific questions uh that you want to ask me or anything of the sort uh then you all can interview me i'm gonna uh, in a few moments last week was really a blessing patricia i see you i'm uh definitely praying for you you said headed to court on tomorrow for custody of your oldest granddaughter uh, so you need uh, you need our prayers and we, uh, we're definitely going to be praying that things work out uh, in your on, uh, on with, with with regards to what you're trying to get uh, taken care of. So uh, I pray that you do get custody, especially if you want it. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely be praying for you. But last week's show was amazing. We had Pastor Scipio A. Brown on. And he talked about what rebounding from rock bottom looked like to him. And uh, and man, I'm telling you, for those of you all who ever put your mouth on him or had the nerve to say anything negative about him, uh, you should have really been biting your tongue. You probably should have had a mouth full of blood because uh, he shared so many truths uh, with us last week. And I'm going to be honest, when I got off of the show, I see you, Ashley. I'm going to come get you in a minute. Uh, when I got off of the show last week, I literally uh, had to sit here in my uh, on my couch and just I was numb. I was literally numb to hear because I had to process so many truths on last week. I had to process uh, Brother Craig Wilkerson's truths uh, when he uh, when uh, he had been on death row and he got his death row sentence commuted, first of all, to life. And then after getting it commuted to life, he ended up having uh, getting it down to 20 years. And now he's out of prison. Uh, man, some of the stories that he told us last week, we're going to act. I'm going to have to get him back on the show and we can talk a little bit more in depth because he was only on for about 20, 25 minutes. So most of you all that that uh, would normally see him, you didn't get a chance to see him. Uh, but I, I really want to I want to get him on so y'all can introduce him. But, but then when Pastor Brown came on and he shared about his rock bottom situation and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get him back on again tonight. Uh, he uh, he he's working at the moment, but uh, I'm anticipating that he's going to get off in a few. But uh, well, when he gets off, he'll go home and he'll jump on 
And if I hear, if I see him on, uh, then I'm going to ask him to come on and we'll kind of recap some of the things that we talked about with him on last week, because you just never know in it. All of us, believe it or not, all of us are susceptible to the rock bottoms of life. All of us are susceptible of finding ourselves in the pits of life. I preached a sermon yesterday called, uh, it was called uh, the, the uh, a pit perspective. When you find yourself in the pit of life, uh, how your perspective is able to change once you've gone through certain things. It's so easy to talk about what somebody else is going through. It's so easy to sit on the couch and play armchair quarterback with somebody else's personal experiences. But until, but when you find yourself going through something similar, um, then it's amazing uh, how, uh, how, how the tides can swiftly change that can, they can swiftly change uh, when, uh, when, it, when you're under the microscope and, um, and, and, and he had been under the microscope for several years and, um, and he found himself in a rock bottom type situation. Uh, but thankfully, and, and, and I heard him last week, he said some good stuff, but one of the things that he said, and I, and I, and I, I quoted him when he said it, he said, he said, God brought him out, but deliverance hadn't taken place. And that was so deep to me. He said, God had brought him out, but deliverance, but now, uh, he's moved on so far and, 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 and deliverance has taken place. And I, and I'm super excited for him and, uh, and the deliverance that he's experiencing. And I'm hoping, and I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, really super, 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 super excited about his future. But tonight, uh, you know, I was going to go move and do something different, but I felt like it was time for me to come and, um, and James Gerard, if you're listening, uh, you feel free to pop on in. We, you can go ahead and take over this seat at any moment if you're listening, because I know you did have some type of plans. But, you know, everybody can't stay up late. When you start getting old, I know I, mean, I, I try to stay. I do this at 9 o'clock because I know I have a lot of people who listen to me in Arkansas. I was doing it at 10, but it was I couldn't get anybody from Atlanta. So I switched to 9 to try to get, pick up a few people in Atlanta and pick up a few people in Arkansas because that's where I am from, and I'm going to always uh, remember home. I'm always going to remember home. Uh, but tonight, I wanted to come in, and uh, and I wanted to do uh, talk about what rock bottom looked like to me when I was going through some of my personal situations. And uh, I really was going to let you out. Let, I had somebody who was going to interview me. Ashley, are you ready? Let me know if you're ready. Uh, I don't know if you want to come on camera or not, but if you're ready, I'm going to go ahead. And I'm gonna let you improvise tonight, and you and I will do this. What the what rock, rock bottom looks like, and, and and here, let me put this caveat out there as well. If there's anybody in the chat that has gone through some type of rock bottom situation, and you want to come on and you want to talk about it, uh, uh, or you want to you want to get some advice about it, but you want to share it with us, feel free to click that link that's right there in the chat, and uh, and I will, and I'll see it, and once I see it. I will gladly, gladly, gladly uh, invite you on. So let me uh, let me let me go ahead and get Ashley right quick, and we'll go ahead and get started tonight. I was trying to do a little filler for a moment. We're not going to be on for two hours tonight. I promise you that we're not. But uh, Ashley, are you are you there, Ashley? Ashley. All right. So Ashley is. N are you there, Ashley? Okay, I can't hear you, so I don't know why I can't hear you, Ashley, but. If you can get that the sound worked out for me, then then we'll be good to go. Are you? Is that you? Do I hear you? All right, she's texting me saying she's here, but I don't hear her. 
All right. So uh, let me know when you get there, Ashley, or, or let me see your face or something, and then I'll know that your sound is worked out, and we can go ahead and get this started. I am straight up improvising right now, being honest with y'all, because like I said, I'm not supposed to be the interviewer tonight. I'm supposed to be the interviewee. And I am, and it's not happening the way I wanted it to happen. But nevertheless, like I said, we gotta we gotta move on. So let's let's talk about this whole rock bottom piece. Now, understand, like I said earlier, rock bottom for everybody can be different. I asked a question one day on Facebook. You know, what does rock bottom look like to you? And 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 I hate when I ask questions, and and then we go answer we go to answering those questions for somebody else. Um, uh, we 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 start answering. We tell them about well. I, if I ask you a question, I'm really asking you that question for your opinion, not for your assessment of it for uh, for anyone else. All of us go go through our own type of down situation. All of us go through our certain types of situations that we call the pits or whatever you down, rock bottom, whatever you want to call it. We all go through it. And, then, and, and what I can handle, you might not be able to handle. And what you might be able to handle, I might not be able to handle. And and that's that's okay. It's okay. We, just like we all got different fingerprints. We all have uh, different things that we're able to handle. And we respond to those things differently, right? So uh, so I'm I, I'm very cautious. Uh, and I've learned this. It, 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 it didn't happen like, it didn't always, it wasn't always like this. But I've learned to be very cautious about how I assess someone else that's going through their struggle. Because um, I, I just don't know. I, I haven't been through the same struggle that they've been through. And because I've not been through the same struggle that they've been through, then I'm not even qualified uh, to to uh, to assess whatever their situation is. But what I can do is I can be uh, I can be compassionate. I can pray for them. I can offer them a shoulder to cry on. I can uh, lend them an ear to listen to whatever I can do those things. But as far as being someone uh, who who wants to try to judge somebody else's circumstance? That that that's just not my thing. But my rock bottom happened, uh, and and you know what? And, and and we talk about this whole rock bottom thing. I think there are different levels to this because sometimes you could have thought you hit the bottom, but then another circumstance comes, and then when the next circumstance comes, it's worse than the previous circumstance. And with it being worse than the previous circumstance, then you realize you probably weren't on rock bottom before, but you're on rock bottom now. But uh, a little over four years ago, I, after having been married for about, I think, 16, 17 years, uh, 2017, I got married when in 1998. Uh, so I was married about right at 18, 19 years. Uh, uh, I, uh, I never will forget. I was uh, downstairs. I uh, had fallen asleep on the couch, and then my ex texted me and asked me to come upstairs. And uh, when she asked me to come upstairs, I never will forget this. Uh, she said, hey, James, uh, I've been approved for a rental, and me and the girls are moving out. And literally, my it was like my whole body was in a time warp. I literally just I stopped. I was in shock. I was, I mean, literally just dumbfounded. I was taken aback. I, I didn't know how to respond. I mean, I, she said, I, I, uh, I've, uh, I've been approved for a rental, and me and the girls are moving out. And, um, and then, so when I, she said it, I was quiet. I, just, I was just quiet processing what she just said. And uh, then she said, do you want to talk about it? And I said, well, uh, Really, I don't have anything to say. 
you made your decision. What I mean, what 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 you want me to do? You know, I, it's nothing I really can do. So I walked downstairs and uh, and I sat on the couch and I just was kind of quiet, just quiet processing. But in the back of my mind, really, I'm thinking she's mad, she's upset. I can talk her out of it. I can, you know, I'm sure this wasn't the first time she wanted to leave in 17 years of marriage. So I'm thinking, you know, hey, let me straighten this out. You know, it can't be that bad. We don't argue. We don't fuss. We don't fight. You know what I'm saying? The things that would uh, most people would leave for, you know, for abuse, uh, verbal abuse or physical abuse, all those things. We, we, you know, we didn't do those things. Two intellectual people, two intelligent people. We're not sitting up. I'm not sitting up in the house arguing and disturbing the peace and all those things. So I'm thinking worst case scenario, she's upset tonight. But, she, but honestly, when she told me, now that I'm looking at it in my mind's eye in the rearview mirror, she didn't look upset when she told me. She looked somewhat at peace when she told me that uh, I found a rental and me and the girls are moving out. So here, here the process is. So for the next uh, few weeks, you know, when things are normal, we're still sleeping in the same bed. Children still going, I mean, still waking the kids up, taking them to school, uh, eating dinner together, all those things, you know. But uh, but I still got that in the back of my mind. I mean, I'm begging every day, every other day, trying to talk her into staying, all these kind of things. I'm just knowing that I can do it. I can talk her. I can talk her into staying. I promise you I can. I can talk her into staying. But she had a mind made up. And uh, I think R. Kelly said it best, when a woman's fed up, there's really nothing, uh, nothing you can uh, do about it. So yeah, Ashley says, what led up to these events? Where you mean over the years? Yeah, I had done, I had done some things. I mean, I, I infidelity. Yeah, I had done. I mean, seventeen years. I mean, I, I had done some things. A lot. I mean, but the things I thought uh, that that uh, warranted her leaving, I did back then, because to me, the way I looked at it was, I was growing up in the marriage. <laughs> Does that make sense? You know, a lot of times we look at people's marriage 20, 30 years in and we look at the love and the bond that they share and all those types of things. Right. And we're looking at their bond. Right. And and we want that. But we don't want the process. Right. Because see, to, to be so for someone to be married for 20 years, it takes a 20 years of marriage. You don't come in six months in. You don't come in three months in and have what they had 20 years. So I'm thinking, you know, I mean, the, the stuff that I had done. 15 years ago, 16 years ago, 17 years ago. Kamir, appreciate you for that. Uh, I'm thinking I really outlived those things. But watch this. Sometimes while you grow through things, you produce groaning through those things, right? Because uh, because growing typically uh, produces what I call growing pain. And y'all do this. If I'm helping somebody, share this thread. Because I, want, I know some other people are, are contemplating divorce. I know some people who are... Uh, who who are in marriages now that are probably taking their marriages for granted. Um, and because you're taking it for granted, you don't realize what you're on the potential of pushing somebody away. I did. I did. So answering your question, what led up to these events? Yeah, I did. I did some, I did some stuff. I mean, I messed up. Uh, probably, mean, uh, I mean, I just I mean, I, I don't know. I lost it. I think it was a point Patricia where I kind of lost my way. Right. I lost my way. And, uh, but I didn't I didn't think about the effect. I just kept thinking that there's always tomorrow. And I kept thinking that tomorrow would be better than today. Whatever I didn't uh, accomplish in this year of marriage, we'll get it accomplished next year with the vacation or whatever we didn't do this year. We'll do it next year. I kept, you know, what I mean, and I've kept, you know, and then next thing you know, all the, you wait on these next years 
and you're waiting on these tomorrows and you're waiting on all these types of things. And eventually they get tired, man. They get tired of hearing all those things. So, so what's, but was I totally blindsided, Ashley? Yeah, I was, I was a hundred percent. Uh, uh, I, I was, I was a hundred percent blast blindsided because like I said, who she wanted me to be hear hear me ladies, um, uh, who she wanted me to be. I was now <laughs> 17 years in who, who, who she had, the man she had prayed for, who was the family, who would be the family man, who was the priest protector provider, all those things that he was supposed to be. Um, I, I, uh, I'm that now. So to get that that message that night saying that I we've I found a rental because I when when were you looking for a house when were you looking for a rental when were, when was all these things when were all these things taking place because I mean we're living under the same roof and I had no clue and so then like I said after that time I'm thinking I can talk you back I can I can I can I can talk about I got anybody knows me I'm I'm swift with the mouth so I mean and and I love her. I mean, I do. I really super love you. So, I mean, maybe you'll see it. I'm praying God, maybe God will turn her heart around. I'm, I just don't know. So we go on for the next few weeks. I'm up for a church uh, and I got a real good chance of getting it. We go down there together, man. And she introduces me. The church loves me. Church loves her. All that kind of stuff. And uh, now we, we've talked about this, but we hadn't included the kids in this conversation yet. So, uh, but when we get back from church that night, when we get back from church that night, uh, um, she said, hey, I think we need to go ahead and let the the kids know. I'm like, huh? <laughs> heart drops again. Sammy, heart dropped that night she told me, but heart drops again. And so we, you know, so we make up, you know, we said we're going to tell the kids. Let's tell the kids. And she leads the charge in the conversation. And she says, hey, you know, we're we're team Kirkland, you know, and uh, we just be living in same, different houses and all this kind of stuff. But. We know we're going to be moved. We're going to be separating. We're going to be separating and we'll live in separate houses and kids, you know, y'all don't worry about it. You know, y'all are going to be all right. Kids took it like a champ. Kids took it because they were older. You know, that's one thing about it. And I, and I get, I thank her for that. I give her credit and I love her for that, that she didn't uh, leave while the children were so young. Uh, our son had already graduated high school. Our daughter was in, high, was already in high school. The other one was in middle school. So those things. So the children were solid. We had a good foundation. I was able to be in the house for the majority of their lives. So I, so I really do appreciate it. Even if, even if she uh, sacrificed a part of herself to make sure that they were straight. You know, I know so many people say they won't do that, and that's fine. You do what you do. We did it this way, and uh, and and so I think that's what makes us effective in co-parenting now. Uh, let let me see. Let me put a pin. Ashley asked a question. She said, "Do you think your actions afterwards?" could have helped the situation meaning did she see you now at that point she had checked out at that point at that point she had already checked out no matter because like i said if we had been married 17 18 years at that time if i if i wasn't who i was supposed to be for the first 14 or 15 16 and 17 i had grown up i i had i had grown up a whole i mean i had become who i was supposed to be at that point you know what i'm saying i wouldn't had no desire to go anywhere. Uh, I mean, I was a straight, me and she and I both were just straight home bodies. And our lives typically, really, our lives really evolved around our children. Uh, I mean, whether Trey was playing softball, I mean, baseball, Kennedy was playing softball, Mackenzie was cheerleading. Uh, all of us, uh, all of us, uh, uh, we kind of did, you know, we our lives evolved around our children. Hold on, let me, uh, Kim, Kim said something. Kim said the separation impacts younger children. 
each one differently. I agree with that, Kim. Uh, Kim, do me a favor, y'all. If you're on this thread right now, you're listening. We're gonna have a conversation, and I'm and I'm taking these questions from you all. I mean, so y'all are gonna interview me. I'm in the hot seat, so y'all gonna interview me, and we're gonna do it that way. But separation. Kim said, "Did you?" Uh, let me put y'all's questions on the phone. Me on the screen. Kim said, "Did you see any red flags that she was checking out?" Nope. Not at that point. I saw, like I said, when I thought I deserved to be left. <laughs> Uh, at the, I, uh, that she should have left. I thought it was a long time ago. I thought we had, I think I had, I thought, I thought, I thought I had outlived my mistakes, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? If that makes sense, somebody just let me know that makes sense. But I, I really, really, really thought I outlived my mistakes because like when I made my a mistake a long time ago and I remember she was about to leave uh, and uh, her mother, God rest her soul, her mother said, have you prayed? And her mother, and she said, she said no. And when she prayed, God let and she stayed. She stayed. She stayed. So uh that that uh that so I thought we had outlived those mistakes. So Kim uh Ashley, you said, did I think she would ever leave? I no, I, I didn't. I didn't see it because I we didn't we did the things that people leave for, typically, we weren't doing those things. I mean, y'all help me out in the chat. What are some things? That people usually leave for in a divorce. What I mean, I'm asking y'all in the chat. Abuse. I mean, y'all y'all type that out for me. What what are some things? What are some grounds for divorce in your in your opinion? Because I mean, if because if I didn't I didn't see those things at that point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, shoot, y'all was comfortable. Twenty years in, it, it, money. Yeah, money might the money might have been one of the things. Uh, but yeah, was I comfortable twenty years in? Yeah, I was. If we twenty years in, and yeah, that was Miss Helen. Oh Lord, I miss that lady. But uh, but uh, if we're 20 years in and we don't fuss, but let me say this, don't fuss, don't argue, but don't communicate at all. Yeah, Kim, I might have seen some red flags because our communication for the most part was vicariously through the children. I mean, we did we did a, we did a hell of a job raising kids. I mean, our children mean barely made any A, mean barely made B's and C's. They made very okay. That's what I want to say. Y'all are helping me now. Ashley said money, infidelity. Yeah, I did the infidelity thing years ago. Uh, money. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I mean, I, I mean, life has been tough. So the things she left for, since you said that, Tammy Hampton, no trust. The things that when I asked her why she was leaving, I'll be, I'll tell you what they were. Number one, it was. Uh, she was no longer in love. Number two, uh, she didn't trust me anymore, and she had lost the respect. And I and I did that over those seventeen years. So I I owned that. I owned that. I owned that. So, but let me go ahead and go go with the story. So she tells me that she wants to. Uh, we, so we tell the children that night that we uh that we were going to um separate. Uh, and when, when we made up our mind, we were going to separate and all those types of things. Then uh she then she starts she moved out she went and got a got a house closer uh there you go focus was on the children and maybe put marriage on the back burner definitely because marriage takes work I know that now I did I I, I took it for granted back then but marriage you know because sometimes we see some of the most miserable marriage and we think that's a normal you know what I'm saying and so we kind of we kind of get that indelible impression in our brain because some of our parents were in some dysfunctional marriages but they stayed right. And so we think that's normal, and but somebody else ain't gonna put up with the same stuff, that the same dysfunction that we want, especially when you're young, because you got a chance to fix what's what's been wrong for all of these years, right? 
all these things have been messed up <laughs> for so long and I've been unhappy for so long. So now I got to fix it. Right. So if I got time, then let me get out. And I got it. So that's where she was. So she she moves out, uh, get all new furniture. I mean, she's I mean, starting over, man, uh, starting over, left me in the house that we were in. And we, we were uh, we were renting at that particular moment. Um, so uh, so we uh, so, you know, we move. What's up? And uh, yeah, you, you got a good example, Gundy. You got a good example. I should have been watching you <laughs> a lot more than I was. But no, so she moves out, leaves me in the house. We were renting at that particular time. The landlord lets me out of the lease, and I go get my own apartment. Now, when I move into my apartment, I never will forget. It was on, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was October the 30th or October 31st, 2017. Whatever it was, it was on a Sunday. I moved out of the house, moved into my apartment. When I moved in my apartment on Sunday, I went to work on Monday. And when I got to work on Monday, I got fired. <laughs> fired. Do you hear me? I mean, literally. And I'm leading the board. I mean, because I'm selling cars at this time, right? And so when I'm selling cars and uh, and uh, and uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good at it, I'm leading the board. And then these jokers have the nerve to fire me. And while I'm in the office, I'm begging these people for my job. I'm like, hey, no, man, I'm going through a divorce. Children, I got, I got child support going to be Cano. Please don't fire me. And while I was in there, Gundy, I promise you, while I was in the office, I heard the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm still connected. Holy Spirit told me, shut up and leave. I said, what? Holy Spirit said, shut up and leave. So dudes try. He like, you leading the board? Well, hold on. Let's talk. I like, no, no. You fired me. I'm good. I left. I walked out and came home to my apartment. And set my behind on the couch. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was stuck on that couch probably for about two years. And I, and and that's a metaphor when I say I was stuck on the couch. I didn't literally sit on the couch. I got up, took showers. I had to eat all those types of things. I, I did do all those. But I literally came home and I set my behind on the couch. And it was a struggle. You know why? Because I'm used to a four bedroom house. I'm used to a backyard. I'm used to children in each room. I'm used to having a beautiful woman to lay down beside at night. Even if we wasn't talking, we still were beside each other. And I mean, and one of my love languages is touch. So as long as I can touch you, then I'm then I'm then I'm kind of feeling something for you. So we good, right? But uh, so I'm coming in this apartment now, and ain't nothing none of that here. I'm writing a book about it now. I can't wait till I, I'm able to finish writing it up and, get, and getting it complete. But I mean, but I got an excerpt in the book where I talk about how I came in and, I, you know, I just put the bed in the bedroom. I put the armoire over against the wall and put the uh, the night nightstands and corners. You know why? Because uh, truth be told, feng shui wasn't that important. It wasn't. It, it, it wasn't that important. And, uh, none, none of that stuff mattered, man. I'm looking at the linen closet and I'm used to several colors and sizes of sheets with different thread counts and whatnot, but I got two options, a white, white, a white pair, a white or some white sheets and a doggone bait, some beige sheets. And I mean, I mean, things had changed drastically and I'm sitting in this apartment. I got cable, but I'm really not watching. Right. Cause to me, silence is so silent that the silence sounds like noise to me now. And I'm realizing that this thing is real now, Gundy. I told you, this thing is real now. I mean, I'm, but, but I'm still looking at the door because 
couple of days later, she's going to wake up. She's going to be like, no, I miss him. She, I mean, a couple of days later, she's going to get, we know we're going to make up. We're going to reconcile all these things. I know some of these things are going to happen. But here's the tough part, Kim. Here's the tough part, Ashley. Here's the tough part, Zelda. It was so tough on me that when, when I got stuck on this couch, and when I say stuck on the couch, it's a little bit more than a metaphor because I was here, man. I, I slept on this couch. I watched TV on this couch. I ate on this couch. And and sometimes when I would try to go to bed, I mean, I would sleep on the couch to 3, 4 o'clock in the morning watching TV, get up at 4.30, 4, get up 4, 4.30, go lay in the bed. And then when I laid in the bed, I wasn't comfortable. I had to come back and lay on the couch. You know why I had to lay on the couch? Because the couch had a back to it. <laughs> and the back, the, the back felt like resistance. So it kind of felt like somebody was laying beside me on the couch, right? So that means so I'm comfortable. I'm more comfortable on the couch because because of the, because of the resistance that it offered. It kind of felt like somebody was in the bed with me because because when I'm in the bed, I gotta sleep. Man, I gotta roll around this queen size bed by myself. I don't care how I prop the pillows up. It just didn't feel didn't feel the same. So I mean, I'm stuck on this couch. I'm in here and I'm having no and, and mind you. I just signed a new lease, thousand dollars, little over thousand dollars a month for an apartment, and I don't even have a job. And I'll be honest with you now, I got uh, uh, since then, since October 2017, I haven't filled out another, any other applications. <laughs> I haven't worked for anybody. You know, I mean, I, I hustle. Anybody that knows me, I got I got a little jobs that I do. I sell insurance. I uh, I do some contracting at some car dealerships and some things like that. But I. Don't and and I mean I'm telling you it was so tough for me the first 14, 15 months because I would make sure that my child support was paid before I paid my rent. Had to make sure my babies were taken care of. I would literally lit, no, I hadn't the only counseling I Ashley said, hold on, let me put her question up. She said, during my depression, did I say I was depressed? Well, I was, but during my depression, did I seek any counseling? No, nah, I didn't seek any counseling. I didn't seek it. I mean, because the thing is. Is that the couch? I talk about how the couch, uh, how the couch was therapeutic for me, and I slept on it, and I was stuck on it. But the couch offered something else for me as well. The couch challenged me. No, I ain't gonna say challenged me. The couch forced me to look at the man in the mirror. The couch forced me to look at the man in the mirror because for so long, I didn't. I didn't look. I didn't have to. I like I said. I, I tell that I've used this story before. But I know where the matter is in my eyes. So I can I can wet the towel and walk around and wipe the matter out of my eyes. I know where all my little teeth are. So I can brush all my teeth and walk around while I'm doing something else. I didn't even have to uh I uh I uh I I uh knew how to tie my tie riding driving down the road. So I didn't tie my I didn't I didn't look in the mirror. So if I didn't look in the mirror, I didn't see what other people saw. And if you don't see what other people saw, Rather than taking their word for it, especially when you're a cancer like me and you and you call yourself being offended. I'm not like that no more, y'all. I'm delivered. Let me raise my hand. I'm just so delivered right now. But uh, but uh, you when you get offended when people tell you things, right? Especially when you don't see it the way they see it. And you're trying to tell them how you feel instead of telling them what what they actually see. And those are two totally different things. So I'm sitting here stuck on this couch. Same couch that I'm sleeping on, same couch that I'm eating on, same couch that I've basically taken domicile on. And I'm having a, I'm, I finally forced myself to look at James in the mirror and tell me, I'm going to tell you something. When I looked in the mirror, I didn't like what I saw. I did not like 
what I saw. And some and, and, and Denise, you're right when you're ready to accept it. But some of us that know right from wrong, even when we're not ready to accept it, sometimes we're forced to accept it. God will put you in a pit. God will put you in a place where it's, I preached that yesterday talking about uh, David when David was in the pit. David, he wasn't dealing with any external disquiet. He wasn't dealing with no outside enemy. His biggest enemy was himself. My biggest enemy was me. No one else. And here, oh, oh, Zelda, say it again. Zelda says, she said, it's crazy because you were giving others a word and you needed one. Zelda goes to church with me at Jackson. And I'm going to tell you something, Zelda, truth be told, <laughs> preaching for me was therapeutic. Preaching was therapeutic. That was the only time I really found happiness and found joy is when I was helping anybody else. But I'm suffering in silence. I had no, because who could I talk to? Who would I mean, I mean, I'm supposed to be able to talk to my spouse and she would have listened, but I didn't. I'm James, man. I mean, I, I've handled so much stress and so many trials and so many things in my life. And you know what? But I, but I had, I had come to the resolve that everything that I was going through was somewhat like a, a, a spiritual internship. I was thinking that God was making me go through these things and let me go through them so that I could document my journey so that as I went through the things and made it through them, uh, that when I came out on the other side, I would be able to help somebody else. But I wasn't expecting to help them like this, though. I wasn't expecting to help them uh, from a platform of being single. Hey, but whatever God decide, whatever God's design and desire is, Hey, then that's how it works. So here it is. Uh, let me see what I'm, let me see what Denise said. She said I meant to say when you're not ready to. Okay, yeah, yeah. When you're not ready to step, yeah, because I, I was not ready. I was not ready. I was not expecting it. I was not. Uh, I never would have thought that I would be alone. And and here I was alone. And 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 let me say this: we've never had any contention as it relates to me being able to see my children. Uh, I mean, I, I live in a one bedroom, so of course it would have been hard for them to come over here and you know spend nights and all those kinds of things. But they they would cut, they could come whenever they wanted to come. Uh, but a lot of times they just I mean, why would they want to come? They got their own bedrooms and all those types of things at home. And I got it, but they would come hang out with me. And even even when we're separated, uh, as we're separated, before uh, we would uh, go out to dinner. You know, she'll let me come over and hang out as long as I wanted to. I'll go over there. And, Fire the grill up every now and then because we still did family type things, right? We just wasn't we just wasn't living in the same house. And every time I would leave, that ride home was a reminder of what I left behind or what I what I had to leave. So that for me to me that was a rock rock bottom. And it and it and it was and it got perpetually worse because, like I said, separation didn't necessarily mean divorce. And I thought that if if I could uh, make some changes. Uh, show show those visible changes, you know, and uh, start trying to uh, uh, deal with some of the things, the imperfections that I recognized in the mirror. Then I became this other guy. Then I could get her back. But next thing you know, hey, but then one day I get a knock on the door. And when I get this knock on the door, guess who it is? It's a sheriff. And the sheriff has some paperwork. Well, actually, the sheriff came the first time and left. Uh, and they, I wasn't here, so they left a little uh, piece of paper saying with with a with the document number or something on it and i googled the document number and it said something about some type of paperwork and i'm like oh my god and when she comes and then when they finally catch me at home because i'm avoiding the sheriff i don't want to see him i don't know what they're about to offer me but uh when i finally get the, the sheriff catches me at home and i open up the paperwork it's official she's filed for divorce 
she's filed for divorce. So uh, now, uh, now, uh, now uh, it's it's uh, it's real. It's real. It's real. Hold on. Let me see what Denise, Denise said. How could you preach the word when you're broken or dealing with what we're going through? Does the message get misconstrued? Uh, Zelda, you're there. You answer it. No, it wasn't. It, no, it wasn't. I, honestly, no. Nah, I'm so I preach what I was going through. If you listen to the title of some of my sermons during that time, I preached exactly what I was going through. And uh, and it was textual. Uh, I prayed before I preached. And like I said, something like, I remember Craig Oliver said something one time. I uh, I had I had messed up. That was my pastor at Elizabeth Baptist Church. And uh, and when I messed up that particular time, he uh, he said, I said, Doc, why didn't you sit me down? He said, well, some people you sit down, but some people you let them work through it. He said, you're the kind of person that I got to let work through it. He said, I got to let you work through it because uh, no telling what if, uh, you know, if y'all read that scripture, John 15, when he talks about I'm the true vine. And if you get disconnected from the vine now you have no life source, I would not have been able to live had I been connect, disconnected from the vine. So now my message was not misconstrued. At, uh, I don't think at all. But I mean, like I said, preaching was therapeutic. And, 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 and you know what? It's, it's easier, Denise, to preach what you've gone through. Sometimes, so many times we hear people uh, preach stuff that they've not experienced. I've been through some mess. I almost said the wrong thing. I, uh, I've been through some mess. I make some. How, how long did it take her to file after I separated? After we separated? Uh, no more than six months. Because if we, 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 uh, 17, we got like October 17, we got uh, separated. We, our divorce was final by January of 2019. Uh, it was final by 2019. So somewhere around probably April or May is when she did that. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Let me see what, because uh, Zelda is answering your question, Denise, because she's one of the members of our church. She said, I think you got to be placed in a quiet place when you hit bottom. You got to be okay with it. Because she said, because some of those sermons you gave me, she said, because boy, those, some of those sermons gave me life in a real hard time in my life. I know for a fact that the Lord used, because I'm, I'm, you got to understand the type of minister I am. I, I'm not just going to just say anything willy nilly. I'm not, I don't go, I, some people go title to text. Some people go text to title. I'm one of those kind of go title to text because I, I live, I live, I live it. Then I find a sermon, a uh, scripture that's applicable. And then I preach it. And, and when I preach it, I mean it. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I really, I really, really mean it. And, uh, so I totally immerse it. So I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think. Uh, hey, my little sister. Uh, but yeah, the, Kim Fox. That's my sister, y'all. But yeah, um, and they asked that. Yeah, that's it. Ashley. Ashley said, "I think the word hits you first before you give it to someone else." Yeah, it. Th th that's absolutely correct. Uh, uh, Kimira, Kimira said, "I. I don't think the message gets misconstrued." My opinion. Who better to preach a message? Absolutely. Because I mean, like I said, some people hadn't been through anything. And that's you know, and that's why when they, when when trials and uh, adversity come, then that that's why you find them you know literally I mean ready to commit suicide. And I never have I never thought about committing suicide. I never thought about. I mean, my depression was internal. It was one hundred percent internal. I mean, I knew that I I I mean I took one hundred. I had you know what I've had people have to come to me. And tell me to stop trying to shoulder so much of the responsibility. They say it takes two people for a marriage not to be able to work. It, it's just not, it's not just you. I've had, but I took a hundred, I've taken a hundred percent of the responsibility 
of what has gone on in my marriage. Like I said, I mean, and when I thought about it, when I looked in that marriage, Kim, when I looked in that marriage, Tammy, when I looked in that marriage, Kim, uh, Kamira, uh, I, I was like, well, hell, she should have left me a long time ago. I deserve to be left because you know what? I was a shell of the man that she needed me to be. Well, for most of that time, now, like I said, when it came down to the end, I had kind of grown up. But growing up, let me let me let me put that banner out here for a second, right quick, because I want I'm a, I can do it myself. This is fun. Uh, <laughs> let me let me let me put this out here for free, and y'all can tweet it, text it, whatever. But uh, this this is this is the truth right here. I'm, I wish I could type faster, but here it is. Here it is. Y'all read? Y'all see that? <laughs> Who says that, Jimmy? Y'all see that? Uh, growing up produces growing pains. Let me, I left the S off. Hold on. Y'all know I like, uh, I should have had, I could have had you doing this for me. Hold on. Let me put this in here again. Uh, yeah, growing up, especially growing up in a marriage, sometimes, can produce growing pains and that's and that's and that's just the truth that's the truth you know, process that think about that if you grow up in a marriage growth is always taking place right you you can grow up <laughs> you can grow together you can grow in a different direction you can grow apart but whatever it is you you have growing pains and that and that's and that's what happened in my life i think we produced so much of the growing pain it's on facebook now kim you can go to my page right now and you can see everybody else's comments if you're not seeing all of their comments but i'm a, i'm on facebook now on my page but yeah growing up oh, i still had to, i still got a tip wrong yeah growing up can produce growing pains so and that's what i did I'm, I, I i produced so many pains and producing those pains i know for a fact uh she she should have left she should have left like i said the things that people normally leave for abuse verbal or physical and all those types of things i i mean i went to church on sundays i i woke the kids up took them to the bus stop i did all of those things uh to make sure that i was good but uh but nah but I, but i had messed up so bad Ashley, you asking some good questions y'all know y'all for those that are just getting on nikki and all of you all y'all are interviewing me i had somebody else was supposed to be interviewing me tonight but he i don't know what happened but i'm not even gonna try to guess or find out but uh here it is it says, how long did it or has it taken you to get healed from this? Uh, we've been separated for four years, probably three years and six months. No, I'm joking. Probably at least two and a half to three years. And I mean, and I'm and there's still a part of me that's still healing. Because see, like when like I said, when you when you leave and 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 you wasn't running from it, <laughs> I, I like that. When you leave and you wasn't really running from it then you kind of it kind of leaves you confused thinking that you can run back so for a long time i wouldn't deal with new women or try to holler at anybody else because i knew why would i try to holler at you because if she tell me to come back home i'm gone and ain't no use of me trying to hang you know start building anything new or building anything fresh with you because i'm just not there yet and it would be very selfish of me to try to do that you know and uh, and I tried, I tried, and I tried, and I, you know, and I kept on. She kept telling me she saw the changes in me, and she noticed those things. But she also, although when when, but let me say this to the brothers, brothers, when they see the change in you, but they remember what you did, it's still hard for them to uh to ex accept the change. So the change has to be sustained, right? 
the change has to be over a, a long period of time. You can't show them change for 30 days or for 60 days. And then all of a sudden that uh, you get them to change. And, and, and now, nah, no, nah, you got to show them over a continued time. And because she's like, if I go back to this and then, oh, then all of a sudden, then we revert back to the past. Then why in the world would I do that? Huh? So, yeah, no, as they, they, they did. Like I said, I mean, I, like I said, I haven't really put myself in a position to be serious uh, about about or with anyone else. I, I'm just not I, I just didn't do it because it did. It didn't make sense because I'm going to be honest with you. If When I first got a divorce, if I would have tried to be trying to holler at other women, I would have been straight handing out hand grenades. Now, with hand grenades, they blow up and you can save them if you put a pin in it. Right. But you would have had to ask me for the pin because I wasn't going to volunteer it. I, I just wasn't in a, in a mental space to be moving on because I had been. I mean, at this point, to be honest with you, I'm a husband. I don't want to go to no clubs. I don't want to go uh, to no partying. I don't want to do any of those types of things. I'm cool with my family, right? I'm cool with my with my 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 house, my cars, and my 2.5. And I was cool even with my little dog. You know, we had a dog, and anybody knows me, Kim, you know, I was scared of dogs growing up. But I've I've even become the family man to the point now. Well, we got a dog that we got to take to the veterinarian and all this kind of stuff. So I had literally grown up, <laughs> grown up. But that, but answering your question, Ashley, uh, yeah, that 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 I didn't get counseling, didn't even seek counseling, uh, wasn't interested in counseling. But uh, uh, but I but I I I I uh, I did some self evaluation, if you will. I, and 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 I think all of us, whenever you find yourself. Uh, at at what you want to at what you call rock bottom, you really need to do some self evaluation, right? And when you do the self evaluation, uh, if you only if you only see things that you like, then you probably have not done an honest assessment, you know. Because uh, when I started looking at myself, all the things that I liked, I promise I saw just as many things that I didn't like. And the good thing about the things that I didn't like uh, is that they were correctable. <laughs> Those were things that could change, right? And so they changed. They started to change in my life. You know, I mean, and when and, and when you start to lose that relationship with God, you know, I, I remember when I first started preaching, I used to ask God not to let me become a pre, a professional preacher. Don't let me just live any kind of way, right? And uh and and still live any kind of way and do whatever I want to do and be able to preach on Sunday and all that kind of stuff. That was that was my prayer, right? But I think at a certain point, I almost became that dude. I almost became that guy. And uh, there's a there's a hymn writer that said, how can you live in sin and feel the Savior's love? I mean, I was I was still, you know, I mean, I was preaching on Sundays. I was going through this I mean, I was going through that. I would find my my uh, my solace and my contentment in preaching and all those types of things. Right. Uh, but I wasn't whole. I wasn't whole. I wasn't whole. Uh, but then I but like I said, after this after the separation. I started, uh, I started, I mean, I kept on preaching these sermons. I wish I could think of some of the sermons uh, that I preached during those times. I wish if I, if I would have uh, been thinking, I would have probably put some of those uh, sermons out there, some of the names of them, but they were all in reference to what I was going through. Um, I was all in reference to what I was going through. Has it changed my view on love? No, it has actually strengthened my view on love because I'm, Listen, I have no bitterness at all towards my marriage. I have no bitterness at all towards marriage. Would I get married again? And yes. Am I going to get married again? Heck yes. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, that's, 
I mean, now I got to learn. Now I've been living by myself for four years. And, you know, I, I'm used to doing my own little thing and my own look, got my own little habits and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to have to get kind of make sure I'm ready to deal. Uh, let somebody come back in this space. You know what I'm saying? Because I've, I've been alone for so long. So that's that part's going to be that, that part might be a little trick. I just said I like I have a desire to be married. Uh, now, I don't know, yeah, I, I, I just said I have a desire to be married. OK, you had already typed the question. So, yeah. So, no, I'm I'm cool in my little space up in this up in this little place. I ain't gonna lie to you. I got to get a two bedroom because I need I got to get my baby a bedroom over here where she needs a getaway. But other than that, I'm cool in my space. But do I want companionship? Yes. Do I want to be married again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I want to uh, have somebody to grow old with, you know, and uh, somebody to take care of me and I take care of them. Absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll only, if the Lord lets me see July the 6th, I'll only be 50 years old. So at 50 years old, I still, if he lets me live my three score and 10, I got at least 20 with somebody. So that's, so yeah, I'm, 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 I, yeah, I'm pleased. I, mean, I have no problem. Even if it's back to Miss Kirkland, I have no clue. Uh, don't ask my brother, is he welcome? <laughs> that, hey, my little sister. Hey, and that's my biological sister too. So if she told y'all don't ask that question. Don't put me on the spot like that. Cause I don't want to put her on the spot like that. That's one thing I've done during this whole ordeal and my whole marriage is I, I've not put my mouth on my ex. I will not, I will not. She didn't do anything wrong. So therefore it's no reason for me to, uh, to ever put my mouth on her. Um, she's an awesome woman. Uh, her mother, did a heck of a job with raising a lady. I wish there were more ladies out here. Lord, I wish there were more ladies. I'm, and to me, there's a difference between women and ladies. You know, there, there's a totally different, but I'm not, it's not my job to get y'all right. You know, I think grandmamas and them need to get y'all right. I remember that's, I, I miss the grandmamas of, 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 of the old days, right? I miss those, but, but she was a late, she is a lady. She carries herself in such a way right now. Uh, she's still a lady. Uh, even during this divorce, we didn't, you know, we, we didn't disrespect ourselves. We didn't disrespect each other. We uh, no. When I go over there now, we're still just uh, come downstairs, communicate, give me a hug, and we keep on. And, and I talk to the kids. If she decides to stay downstairs, we stay downstairs. Hey, we got a partnership, man, and we did a good job on raising those children. You know what I'm saying? So, nah. I mean, if 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 the Lord put now put it like this, if I went back, or if the Lord put us back together, it would be two different people. It wouldn't be the people who left that divorce because I'm not the same man. And I'm sure she's not the same woman, no. Because sometimes, like I said, we we we've had to grow apart, or grow and and grow up apart, right? Because I mean, being over here was growing up, man. I when's the last time I bought toilet tissue? <laughs> when was the last time I went and bought paper towel? I didn't realize what I didn't have until I needed it. It's hard to be cooking and then realize you don't have no milk, or realize you don't have any paprika or something that you need, some type of seasoning that you need at that particular moment because you you didn't do those things. I didn't I didn't do those things at the house. So now I got to do them. You know what I mean? I wasn't used to buying towels and buying sheets. And now I'm on Amazon buying queen size sheets and different kinds of towels and all those things. So, but guess what it's doing? It's making me more responsible. It's making me more of a man. And so even if I'm not becoming a better man for her, guess what? I'm being a, first of all, I'm becoming a better man for me. And then once I become a better man for me, then I become a better man for everybody else involved. Make sense? So absolutely. So yeah, I mean, so yeah, that, that's whoever I'm being prepared for, whoever I'm being prepared for, whatever uh, God is, uh, I, I'm, I'm better now because of the stuff that I've been through. And that's because I had to take the time to look at that dude in the mirror. I did not want to, I mean, I, it was like a horror story. 
It was like looking at a real, real nightmare in the mirror. I'm like, dang, you did that? <laughs> you did that? You messed that up? Wow. And I'm and I'm and, and then here the here the hard part is because I'm gonna answer your question like this too. Uh and Gundy's on the phone. Gundy, Gundy, that, that's her cousin. So you you can tell I ain't said nothing bad about her. So make sure you uh make sure you let her know I ain't said nothing bad about her. Uh but um here here here's here's the hard part about this whole thing. Like as you become this better person, right? You're understanding are are you doing it? I mean, when I got divorced and I wanted to go back. It was it was too it was it, this was the thing that I wanted to make sure I was sure. Number one, was I going back out of obligation or was I going back out of adoration? Let me put that out there and let y'all think about that for a second. Was I going back because there, there's a difference. <laughs> this is fun. I promise y'all this. I'm glad he didn't show up tonight. I'm going to call him tomorrow and cuss him out, but I'm still not going. I'm glad, but I'm still glad he didn't show up. But uh, there's a difference between going back out of uh, obligation versus adoration, right? Because, see, obligation says I'm going back because I broke something that needed to be fixed. (laughs) Ooh, y'all making me feel better today. Ah, Obligation says, let me fix my microphone. I told y'all I got a new microphone. But obligation says I'm going back because it's something that I broke, and I'm a man, right? And a man, he's a fixer. And I wasn't very mechanically inclined. I, I I couldn't really work a screw. I couldn't really work a screwdriver and a wrench like that. But I would get it fixed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I would get it fixed. I mean, I knew how. Uh, I knew how to pay a uh, pay a handyman to come in and get it done. I ain't like cutting grass, but I promise you, I I, I would make sure that a, that a lawn care person would come in. So so the obligation was: should I go back to try to fix it? Right? Because but did I want to go back? out of obligation because I felt like it needed to be fixed or did I want to go back out of adoration because I loved her so much? That was my, that, and, the, and, and because I struggled with that question, I knew in my heart of hearts, I wasn't ready to go back because if I would have went back, I would have been going back uh, half and not whole, right? So here it is, obligation versus adoration as a as a man that wants to fix things that he felt like he had broken because here i am i'm a preacher i've been married for 20 years all these types of things so what if if we're going through this divorce and then you know what messed me up more than anything she changed her last name she had been carrying my last name for 20 years and she goes back to her last name. That's when it became real to me, right? And so I just knew it had broken. It was, I mean, I was done, man. I was, I was shocked. I'm like, whoa, your children's last name is my last name. Why would you want to? But, I, but for her to make that decision, how far had she, how much had she had, I'm, I can't even talk, how much had she become disconnected? How much had she become disconnected? She had become so disconnected to the point where she didn't even want to carry my last name. I get it. I understand. I deserved it. So so could you say you didn't go back because you loved her? No, I'm going to say I didn't go. No, I, I didn't go back because, number one, she I didn't have an invitation to come back. <laughs> That's first and foremost. I can't, I can't, you know, she got a whole new house. Now, I ain't got a key to this house. I got, got an alarm. So if I go in, the police might come and get me. So no, I can't, I can't, uh, it wasn't, no, it wasn't, no, it wasn't a matter of, I didn't go back. I wasn't invited back. And so 
until I was invited back, I couldn't go back anyway. But in the process, my job was to work on me. Now, I told y'all, I moved out on Sunday. I got fired on Monday. I ain't have a job. Y'all imagine this. So it's October. So rent's due November. I already paid October. November, I didn't pay it. It's late. I'm getting all these court notices and all this stuff to go to court and all this kind of stuff. I get a phone call. Phone call come. I go make a job. I mean, I go do a job. Guess how much it is? It's enough to pay the rent. December come. December 4th, rent's due. I ain't got it again. Go all month long. Get a phone call by the end of the job. I mean, end of the month. Guess what? It's a job. Enough to pay the rent. And so I go through all these processes, right? And then January comes. I'll, and then uh, I'm going every month. I'm getting enough, just enough to pay the rent. Then all of a sudden, I never will forget this. And you talk about rock bottom. I was I had worked in a. I had to go to Fayetteville, Arkansas to work. Uh, and I and I, I I'll tell you, it was a twenty five hundred dollar gig, you know. But twenty five hundred, I go up there, get the money, pay my bills, come back. I get to my parents' house, but the money I made was really just enough to pay the bills. So I'm so once I paid the bills, I'm stuck at my parents' house. Nobody knew it but me. I'm stuck at my parents' house, and I really don't even have gas money to get back to Atlanta. Because if I come back to Atlanta, what am I going to do when I get here? Because I don't have no money, no way. One of my homeboys, uh, Mike, Mike, uh, he asked me what was going on. He told I told him he cashed out me two hundred dollars. So he cashed out me two hundred. I take the two hundred dollars, get out, get back home. When I get back, because I, I ain't letting everybody in my business. It just, just ain't like that. But me and Mike were like this. So Mike sends me this 200. I get back home, take care of everything I got to get home, get everything I need to get home. And when I get home, I sign up to drive for Lyft. <laughs> I sign up to drive for Lyft. And uh, and uh, when I started sign, sign up to drive for Lyft, Lyft is like dope money, right? Because you can drive today. And if you got a debit card, shoot, you can doggone, <laughs> you can cash that money out that day. So the first day I drove, I was down to $20. I put $20 in the tank, drove. Made $150, Kim, and uh, that night I cashed it out, $150. Next morning, woke up, started driving again, put $20 in the tank. That day, made about $200. It's on a Saturday now. Then on Sunday, I drove for like 11, 10 hours probably. Man, I made about $350. So here I am now. I'm driving for Lyft. I'm taking little gigs whenever they come. I'm doing whatever I can. Uh, to just just to try to survive, right? For a year and a half, I'm just surviving. I'm paying my rent late every month. I'm having, you know, I'm going to court, hoping they don't just just trying to just trying to beat the eviction time. Cause I know it. I don't know when it's gonna come, but guess what? It came every freaking every month. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I my rent was if I moved out in October of seventeen, I was probably late almost every month until the pandemic. Probably almost a year and a half. I was almost late, but then when the pandemic came, when everybody else was dying and everybody else, and I'm not talking about a physical death, I'm done because I know a lot of people lost loved ones. But when everyone else was struggling, all those types of things, man, my life turned around. That's when I really started to see the man in the mirror. That's when I. That's when God proved to me, because there's a scripture that says in in a, in a in Jude, now unto him that's able to keep you. When you look up the Greek word for keep. In that text, it means food. The word is phulasso, P-H-U-L-A-S-S-O. And what it means is something to be kept. 
it's like a refrigerator, right? Like when you got when you take something that you don't want something to spoil, so you put it in a deep freezer, right? So when he keeps us, right? He kept us, he kept me, he kept me during all those months that I couldn't pay my bills. I mean, no lights got cut off, no uh I mean my cell phone bill got I had to pay cell phone bill because the kids had cell phones, so I had to be able to communicate. None of those things preserved. That's the actual word right there, preserved. Uh, none of those things. I mean, all the, I'm eating every my pastor, you know, um, Elisha, when he went to the brook of Kirith, Kirith the, the brook of Kirith in the text was the place of cutting. It's like a place where you go and get surgery, right? So while he's at the Kirith, and I'm at the Kirith, right? God reversed the nature of ravenous birds, birds that ate meat. God would literally keep them from eating the meat to make sure I was taken care of. I mean, I started going, I would go places. I mean, Pastor Sutton, my pastor, he would make, Kirk, he'd just call me out the blue. Kirk, what you doing? Nothing. Come on by the church for a minute. For what? Come on by the church. All right, go by the church. Make, but let me just make sure you're eating. I'm eating. I'm okay. I'm okay. But it seemed like I just, ravens kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. I mean, kept coming. I go to a funeral, right? Go to a funeral. And after the funeral and the food would be there, they I would they'd make sure I would eat the eat at the funeral. And then some of the women in the kitchen would make sure I had leftovers to come back home and I could eat. I mean, God just kept on, but that was a place of recovering. I mean, I mean, that was a surgery place. I mean, the key with this the place of cutting for you. But after the place of cutting comes the recovery room. <laughs> See, because when because when uh Elisha left uh Kirith, the Bible says he went to Zarephath. Kirith was the place of cutting, but uh, Zarephath was the place of refining. And so what happened after when, when, when the pandemic came is that God began to refine me. And it was so interesting, my process, because all those months that I wasn't working, all those months I'm waiting on one phone call. And thankfully, one phone call was enough to pay the bills. That's favor. I take it out of it comes. But one phone call would typically be enough to pay the bills. But when the, when the pandemic came, my phone, Johnny come in, some of my other friends, they started opening doors, helping me get in rooms. And all of a sudden I'm on the road. I'm, 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 I'm in Texas three, three weekends a month. I'm in Florida. Uh, one week. I'm in Baltimore another week. I'm in all of these different, hey, Ashante, I'm in all these different places. And when I go in these places, I mean, I'm not bragging, but those places were paying me three, $4,000 a week during the pandemic. They mean so uh, when everybody else was struggling and the and all these other things, the Ravens had sustained me long enough to keep me in the race because I promise you, I I I that that little brook of keywords, I I could I would have been just as content to drown right there. And you know, it's hard to drown in a brook because brooks don't really have very deep water, right? So it's hard to drown, but I would have been content. I would have stayed there as long as possible. But Ravens kept, but while I was there. The ravens kept bringing bread. I'm speaking metaphorically and prophetically. I'm, the ravens kept bringing bread and the ravens kept bringing meat until I got strength enough after all of that cutting. Because God, let me tell you something. Let me encourage somebody that's going through something right now. When you're going through it and you're groaning through it, God is standing on the peripheries looking at your circumstance, waiting on you. To say enough is enough because, you know, what we'll say enough is enough, but sometimes enough really don't be enough. But when we finally say enough is enough and God, I surrender, I give it up, I'm done. All of a sudden, boom, <laughs> doors started open. Boom, things started happening. All of these things. I mean, as soon as I stopped worrying 
about how the story was going to end. That's when I, I, I let go and God started having his way. I'm on a plane every week somewhere. Every Friday, money's coming in the account. And, I'm, and this is 1099. I'm still not, I still ain't filled out no application. I probably won't ever do it again. But God is taking care of me. And that's where I was. So even though I'm in the dumps, but all of a sudden now the bank bank account starts to go up a little bit. Now I'm able to show up at the games for my daughter's softball games, meet them at my son's uh, baseball games. I mean, foot the, uh, make sure that when we went out to eat, everything was taken care of because I knew she was taking care of uh, three kids at the house. So anything extracurricular, I had that. That was my job as a man and as a father. So I took, I took care of those things. So, yeah, y'all ask me some more questions because I'll, I'll ramble forever. And I, I'm only going to be on about it. 19 more minutes, I think, and then I think I'm going to get off. May I might stay longer. We'll see. But uh, y'all, y'all ask me some more questions. So, yeah. Uh, so now, so I'm at Zerapath now. I'm, 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 I'm at Zerapath. I'm at Zerapath. I'm at the place of recovery now. I've, 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 gone, I've had my spiritual surgery. God has done his spiritual incisions. Uh, he's put in uh, the, uh, he's put in the, uh, the uh, what you call it, the antiseptic <laughs> and all of the, the healing of virtue that needed to come in. And now I'm at the recovery room and at the recovery room. I mean, I, I, I'm getting stronger now. I'm going through physical therapy and I'm going through all of these things. And, and I'm seeing God's promises because now he's proven it to me. God has proven it to me that he because when you start talking about now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, he wouldn't let me fall. As close as I was to the edge and I was there. I probably was, I mean, like I said, I never was suicidal, never have been suicidal, but I have looked over some cliffs before. And I didn't wonder what it would be like to fall because that's just, that just, I never done that. But I literally, I could have only imagined, thank you, Sister Kirsten, uh, as far as you saying I can't, you can relate to, uh, Chanel said something earlier. That's my, my little sister. Let me see what she said earlier. She said, I promise I went through the same exact thing brother and i can definitely relate uh 100% and you're so right he kept me too he a lot of us have that testimony yeah i mean you know what y'all think y'all think that uh that you 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 that you look so good and you can look your way out or your job will bring you enough satisfaction to bring you out or any of those you I mean you think all of those things as much as you want but truth be told if you have a relationship with god and you have a calling on your life he he's going to make sure that uh that uh, that you get out of it what you're going through. My little sister, my little sister was a angel during this whole thing. I mean, for real. I mean, Kim, Kimberly Fox steps right there. I mean, Kim, I could call Kim and just say I'm in trouble, and all of a sudden I look up, be four five hundred dollars on the on the cash app. Kim would go take an app. We used to go and take up offerings to make sure I was taken care of because I, I mean I was going through it. And I'm gonna say I was cool enough just to be content and die where I was. Cause I mean, what what man, what man, what was I gonna do? But I did know this much. If he had never failed me in the past, <laughs> he wasn't gonna fail me this time. So I, I I knew where my help came from. I knew where my help came from. But like I said earlier, I thought that there were times that I was literally going through what I called a spiritual internship. And because I was going through a spiritual internship, I thought at a certain point I would graduate. And when I graduated, God would give me all of the blessings that he had been withholding from me. And uh, and, and and that was cool because, you know, there, there there's different kind of suffering. Uh, there There's some type of suffering where you suffer through things. And I, I'm going to give you this one for free. Uh, some things you suffer through, 
But then there are some things that you got to suffer too. I'm going to let that marinate for a minute. Yeah. Some things you, uh, you suffer through. But then there are other things that you suffer too. If you if if God is if if and that and that, like I was talking about yesterday, there are two purposes for pits that we go through in life. One purpose of a pit is for punishment, <laughs> but the other purpose of a pit is for promotion. Oh. and see when you, when you find yourself in a pit of life, the question is, the question that you have to ask yourself is God punishing me, or is God trying to promote me? And either way, because Romans 8 and, 8, 8 and 28 says all things work together for the good, even the thing that he's punishing you with. Nikki, I heard you say it a minute ago. Nikki said that experience is the best teacher, right? So if experience is a good teacher, then even the thing that he's punishing you with, if you use it properly, <laughs> if you properly assess what he's punishing you with, then you can use that situation to for promotion because you say, what? Well, guess what? If he brought me through it, if he brought me to it, he can definitely bring me through it. <laughs> and I promise you, I have been through so much. I mean, I've been through the fire. Don't smell like smoke. Been through the water. I mean, that, that was, that should have drowned me. Don't, don't even have any remnants of the water. You know why? Because I have discovered, thank you, uh, Jasmine Sanders, that he's a keeper that he preserves me even when I'm going through the stuff that I go through. All of us, if we're the children of God, that's why I've been tripping about folk in this whole pandemic situation. I'm, if, if I'm covered by the blood, what I'm worried for. <laughs> and if I believe in predestination and I believe that God has control and is orchestrating every, every minute detail of my life, if I believe that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, then you know what? I'm actually just taking a walk. And because I walk by faith and not by sight, sometimes I do it with my eyes closed. It took me to going through the stuff that I've gone through that has literally made me somewhat spiritually bulletproof. If he did it again, thank you, Ty Tribbett. Ty Tribbett said, uh, uh, same, same, God back, same God back then, same God now, same God back then. He, if he did it then, guess what? He'll do it again. Look at you, every one of us that are on this line right now, some, all of us at some point in our life has dealt with some type of adversity. But if you do the, if you do the work, if you look in the rearview mirror of your mind, whatever that adversity was, I promise you that adversity was something that helped lead to your advancement. And I'm going to tell you why it led to your advancement, because you made it through it. You didn't quit. You didn't stop. I was stuck on the couch, but guess what? I ain't stuck on the couch no more. I'm Look at me. It's a new couch. <laughs> this is a brand new couch. Took me 90 days to pay for it, same as cash, but I paid it. I promise you I did. And I got my feet kicked up on my chase. I got pillows and all that stuff right here because I had to get up off of that couch and move to another couch. And I'm telling you, this couch here, when I sit on this, it's by choice. <laughs> I don't sleep on my couch no more. I sleep in my bed now. And when I sleep in my bed now, Lord have mercy. I promise I sleep pretty good. Sometimes I got to, now I, I can't sleep all night. I just can't, I don't know why I can't do it. But sometimes I get a good three, four hours, five hours in straight. Yeah. But I had to come to a place of peace. And the peace came knowing, first of all, that I made my mistake in my marriage. I made it. I did it. 
I promise you. I whatever they say, whatever she if she was a, and she and that's one thing. And Patricia, you know her. Gundy, you know her. All y'all, Kim, you know her. She ain't gonna never put her mouth on me. She never will. Never, never has. Never will. Uh, but if but what she can tell you now is that I've changed. She can tell you now that I've grown up. She can tell you now that I'm taking care of my responsibilities and taking care of my responsibilities. Uh, even if, if, even if I don't ever get back home and I, and that's not what I'm looking for. I'm, 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 I'm saying that right now. I know for a fact that I've done what I needed to do to become a better me. I mean, so many times we want to be good members, but let me ask you a question. How do you spell member? What's the first two letters? The first two letters of member is what? Somebody put it in the chat for me. What's the first two letters of member? Because we always want to be a member of something. But the first two letters of member is what? Yeah, thank you, Sue Ann. What else? It's me. What is Angelice? Yeah. First two letters, Diane Kirsten. So before you can become a good member at anything, the first thing you got to do is become a good me. So you can't try to be a good member of a, a marriage. If you're not a good me, nope. If you try to be a good member of a church, Pastor Evans. If you're not a good me, nope. You try to be a good member of a civic organization. If you're not a good me, what is it? You got to work on you. And now I'm telling you, sitting on this couch, looking at that man in the mirror, admitting that I don't like what I see. I've had talks with my son about this. My son would never be the man that I am. He'll be a much better man than I, what I am. Because he's, I, I've been transparent. That's one, you know, that's one thing I try to do on this show. I know I haven't had women on this much lately. Uh, I, uh, I said Ty Tribbett, Ty Tribbett. That's what I meant to say. But, uh, but, uh, but uh, I, I've been, I try to be transparent on this show. I try to give men a safe place to speak. Uh, uh, you know, and if, and if you ever notice when we do this type, these types of conversations, there's never any negativity in the comments, you know, because it's a safe space. And I want this to be a safe space for us to all be able to come and share because you know what sometimes you might inbox me and say James I got a story that needs that I think can help somebody. You think I'm not I'm going to say no. Mm -mm. But I just want to encourage somebody because some because you never know who it's going through because most people wouldn't have, uh, Patricia said it earlier. No one would have thought that we were on the verge of divorce. No me if you if you saw the creature comforts, if you saw the external Kim you you saw it. Chanel you saw it. we were a heck of a couple. I mean, we spent, you know, but we did the things for man and for society, but we didn't do the things that we needed to do for ourselves. And because we didn't do the things that we needed to do for ourselves, then we found ourselves struggling because we had lived so vicariously through the children. We had lived vicariously for everyone else. But instead of living for so if if we ever do get it right and whoever if and whoever she chooses next or whoever I choose next or however it ends up, you know, whatever, I think both of us would be better for whoever whoever we end up being uh, ending up with. I can't believe I just said that out of my mouth, but I sure said it didn't. <laughs> I'm growing. Yeah, Ashley, I guess I am healing because there was a time I would have punched myself in the mouth for imagining her with somebody else. Yep. But I'm growing up. And I'm grown. It took me almost 50 years to become grown. But I'm grown now, man. I'm grown. And the reason I'm grown is because of how 
I responded to my adversity. I've taken my adversity and I've allowed my adversity not to annihilate me. Ah, oh, that's the preacher in me. I'm going to alliterate it. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to let my adversity annihilate me, but I will allow my adversity to advance me. I'm better now. I, was, I had a friend of mine. He was over here one day and he was literally, literally going through it. Man, she, daughter wasn't acting right. He recently got divorced and he was struggling. Jasmine, I can't sing like you. But uh, when he started, uh, when he started talking like that, I just started saying, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. I just started singing that to him. And, and he just and when I said that, I don't know, the Holy Spirit just took over me. I don't know why, but I just kept on saying, it's going to get better. It's going to get. And all of a sudden he started crying. Tears start going down his eyes and tears start coming down my eyes. You know, I'm just telling him it's going to get better, man. And so a couple of days later, he's riding down the street and uh, he's going through some stuff and he's going through it again. And he called me. He said, Kirk, he said, man, I need to hear it. I said, hear what? He said, you need I need to hear it because I forgot. He said, I need to hear the song again. I said, what song? He said, it's going to get better. Write the song for me, Jasmine, please write it for me. I need you to write it. Kim, you can sing too. That's my sister. But uh, yeah, write that song for me too. But uh, yeah, don't allow it to annihilate. Don't, don't allow adversity to annihilate you. But allow it to advance you. Yeah. All things. Let me give you this one for free. And I'm, I'm almost gone. I mean, I, I'm not going to talk a little bit longer. Uh, let, me t- let me give you this one. Self-inflicted. Self-inflicted. There, there are two different types of wounds, right? You got, a, you got a self-inflicted wounds and, and you have God-inflicted wounds, right? Because God, every now and then, uh, he'll, 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 he'll throw some stuff at you to see how you're going to come out of it, right? Uh, I mean, you, you don't think that's true? Ask a, ask a Abraham when he took Isaac on the mountain, right? But uh, but uh, but uh, but uh, so what what happens oftentimes is uh, you you have God inflicted wounds and you have these self inflicted wounds. Now, now all of them work together for the good. Like I told you, experience is the best teacher. All of them work. Now the difference is if the self inflicted wounds, what happens is you stay in the process a little bit longer. <laughs> you don't get promoted quite. Now if it's a God inflicted wound, if you get the lesson real quick. If you get the lesson real quick with, in a, with a God-inflicted wound, God will go ahead and advance. He'll say, promote it. Boom. You know, uh, my, my, my kids, they took, uh, what what'd you call those kind of classes, uh, that uh, those kind of classes that uh, they give you college credit, right? And if you take that class, you can clip out. You take the, if you take the test and pass the accelerated class, you can, uh, you can actually clip out of the class by passing the test, right? When God gives us these, uh, God inflicted wounds. If we pass the test real fast, your AP class, what it is. If we pass the test real, real fast, then we can clip out of that class, right? <laughs> we can move on fast. But the self inflicted wounds, you know, we got to go through every bit of adversity. Go through it. Go through A, B, C, D, E. You can't, you can't skip nothing, right? Because you, it, it's self inflicted. So when you go through it, you know, you grown through it. You grow through it. But when it's all over, guess what? Guess what? You still picked up this thing called experience. You still pick up experience. And when you pick up experience, you can you can take that experience and, and, and file it over in your faith file. And you can say, guess what? If God did it back then, he's able to do it again. And that's what I've learned. Even uh, Sue Ann is on is on the line with me now. You see her comment. We work together uh, and she's seen it. I mean, I've, I've watched God literally take me. Uh, one weekend, $1,100 a weekend, 
to sometimes now it got to the point before the pandemic uh got real real bad but for the chip shortage there were weekends we were suing what five six thousand dollar weekends yeah because god would took me from here to here and the more i trusted him and the more i kept showing up see that's what that's what a lot a lot of times see when the battle comes a lot of us don't want to show up for the battle we want to stay in the bed i can tell you a time i was so depressed that i would lay in the bed or on this couch hoping the alarm clock wouldn't go off because the alarm clock was a signifier that i had to go through another day and i ain't feel like going through another day because yesterday was just so bad I, uh, why? Because my bad days definitely were outweighing my good days. I, I I went through that, but then all of a sudden, all of that, my, as my perspective started to change, as God started to show me myself and show, and what I liked about God is He wasn't just showing me who I was. Oh God, I'm about to shout right there. He wasn't just showing me who I was, but He was also showing me who I was supposed to be. See, a lot of times we get so comfortable in the isness of life that we don't we forget about the supposed to be's of life. Because you know what? It's so easy to create a new normal. Anything you do 21 days is really a new habit. It, it, it kind of, you kind of form a new habit, right? So when you start getting caught up in depression and being down and being worrying and crying and being upset, that becomes your new normal. And you don't want to even face today. Now I, I get up at seven o'clock in the morning as hey, and I don't have nothing to do, nowhere to go. But I'm just saying, this is a day that the Lord has made. <laughs> and I don't know what's going to happen today, but I promise you this, by the end of the day, something good is going to happen on my behalf. And it happens. It happens. I'm 100% cared for by God. He has literally been taking care of me for these last year and a half, two. He's been taking care of me all my life. That's the truth. Anybody knows me knows I'm covered. But he has literally been taking care of me, but especially since this pandemic has been taking taking place. Especially since this pandemic's taking place. And I would and I ain't gonna lie, I would not wish this lifestyle on anybody. <laughs> That's one thing my ex did. That's one thing she didn't like. She didn't like, I mean, she wanted me to work a regular job, nine to five, yada, yada, yada. But I would sit in those jobs and be straight miserable, miserable. But that's what partnership is about. You know, I mean, one if one has an entrepreneurial spirit, this is going to help somebody else. If he has an entrepreneurial spirit and you got that corporate America thing down, if y'all work together, you know, you got, you kind of solidify the base and you build from the base, right? You got a good foundation. But never mind, that's, that's another lesson for another day but yep those those th that's what the differences were right but and, and i don't i don't fault that that's all she ever saw i mean i get it that's I me mean, her daddy worked all the time my you know i got so i got it i get it but i ain't gonna lie i'm not i ain't going to work you know I mean if you're only gonna pay me 30 dollars a year i could find 30 or forty thousand dollars a year what am i gonna go go give you 60 hours of a 40 hour 40 50 hours a week and uh i'm just not gonna do it uh, what you what you say, Corey? Let's see what Corey Myers says. She says, I recognized. Let me put this on the screen. And anybody else that has any testimonies they want to share right now, let's go ahead and put those in the comments and we'll put them on the screen. This is a safe place for these last 15 or 20 minutes. I want to see if, if there's any way I can. Y'all, y'all are helping me tonight. So I want to see if there's any way I can help you all specifically. Uh no, girl, $30,000, $40,0. I was sitting my behind at home. Uh Corey Myers. 
I recognized the things that I had gone through were self-inflicted and they helped me grow. But I think it was not just for me. It was making, ah, it was making me better for others. Y'all, that's, that's, hey, that's it. Our life is not only about us. If we realize that our life was, that he gave his life for a ransom, right? And if, and if I, if we look at it, try to be just like him, then there are certain things that we're living. But so many of us are so, uh, that, that's that egalitarian. See, you know, there's such a culture, culture class between African-American people in the United States, because, you know, us coming from such communal cultures, being type cultures in Africa, Eastern culture, and then coming here and trying to acquiesce to this type of lifestyle where, where, where individualism is so appreciated and individualism is so, uh, recognized, right. Uh, you know, you know, you know, capitalism is, is, is in order, in order for somebody to win, somebody, in order for capitalism, somebody got to win and somebody got to lose. Right. So we, we build ourselves into these little hedges and into these little places where we are all these islands, if you will. And we, and we, and we think it's not about anybody else, but as Corey just said, even the self-inflicted things that she went through, they, it, they weren't just for her, but she's mature enough to recognize that those things were actually making her better for somebody else. And who would have thought, let me, let me just go get a little off on my English. Who would have thunk that God would make James and Shanika? Cause Shanika told me a long time ago that, uh, our, our, our relationship would bless other relationships or bless other people. But who, who knew that it would divorce other, it, it would, it would bless other people in divorce. Because if anything, we can teach you how, as being divorced, you don't have to be enemies. <laughs> huh? You ain't got to be enemies. It didn't work. It didn't work. Guess what? So it didn't work. You still have, but you lived together for 19, 20 years, whatever it was. So if we can learn that, we, we can also teach you not only that we don't have to be enemies, but we can teach you how to co-parent effectively. Yeah. So what, so if he can use, he can use our, even break up to keep somebody else from being broken or so or being so broken then hey then i then his then our living is not in vain it was a reason we went through it it was a reason and the reason wasn't necessarily for us i didn't understand it then i promise i didn't understand it then but but old folk used to tell us we'll understand it better by and by so it took a few more days laying on that couch sitting on that couch eating on their couch, all those things. Then until I finally got rid of that couch, I couldn't know. Y'all should have saw that couch when, they, when, they, when the movers took it out of here. I was like, goodbye and good riddance. The only thing I didn't do was take a picture of it. That's the only thing I didn't do was take a picture of it. But I didn't want to be reminded of the same thing. So many people go repeat trauma so much because they want to take a picture of what, what used to traumatize them. Man, please. I, whatever used to traumatize me, I'm flushing it down the toilet. I mean, I, my memory is good enough to remember what happened. And that's what it is, right? So, yeah, I've, 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 uh, I hit it. I hit it. I hit it. And I needed to hit it. I needed to hit rock bottom. And somebody on the line right now, you've hit rock bottom. And you needed to hit it. It, w- it was necessary. Scipio said, if you're, Scipio, if you're here, if you're listening, jump, uh, jump in the chat. Let me know you're there. Uh, Scipio last week, uh, he, t- he, said it, he said he felt like it was necessary. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's right, Patricia. If it's in the past and it represents your past, some people I know some people that just tell the same traumatic story over and over and over and over. And I asked myself one time, and y'all help me with that question. If you hear a person that's steadily repeating their trauma over and over and over and over, and they keep repeating the trauma to you, are you helping them by steadily listening to them repeat their trauma? Or would you be better off and say, hey, you know, you told me that already. And before you make yourself mad again, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not repeating. I did mine. I did mine. And I, and I did it. And I've, I've owned up to it. I've owned up to it. I've owned up to it. And ain't nothing I can do about it now. <laughs> I started to have my son interview me tonight. And you know what? If anything he would have heard tonight, it wouldn't have been anything he hadn't heard before. Because we talked. Trey's 23 years old now. He's a grown man. Mackenzie was the youngest at the time. She thought it was her fault. Why? No, baby. It's not your fault. This is two adults that made a decision. And that that decision was what it was. And we lived through it. We lived through it. I would like I said, I wish, I wish I could show you this couch. I promise I wish I could show you this couch. I can, but I don't feel like I'm not gonna get up and move my camera around, all that kind of stuff. But uh yeah. So my point, so okay, nowhere but up once hey, that's where it should be. Now, Scipio, he thought last week we look at his situation, he thought he was rock bottom. He went from one rock to another rock. And see, that's and, and that's what the, here it is. That's the thing. When you're at rock bottom, if you don't take the time to do the work, if you don't, I will, if you don't take the time to do the work while you're at rock bottom, if you don't take the time to look at look at the mirror and look in the mirror, then you'll move from one rock to the next rock. <laughs> Let that process for a minute. If you, if you, if you, but once you do the work, once you do look at the man or a woman in the mirror and you, and you take self-responsibility and start trying to, and start to get, decide that I've been in this situation long enough, then yeah, you can go ahead and get on out of that situation. Now it's only one way to go and that's up. But when you go up, you go up better. You don't go up bitter. Because if you go up bitter, you still, you ain't no better. You might well stay at that rock. You might well stay on the bottom. But once you've gotten better, you stop playing. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm good. I used to be good at pointing the finger. But when you point the finger, you got one, two, three, four more fingers pointing right back at you. So as long as you're still playing the blame game, you're not better. As long as you're bitter, you're not better. As long as you got other barriers that are keeping you from getting to the next level. Because sometimes we put our own little self-inflicted barriers in place. You're not better. You, you want to be better, you're going to have to look at the man in the mirror or the woman in the mirror. And you're going to have to do the work. And then once you start to do the work, once you start and you realize that there is a need in the, that a change is necessary, then God can God can finish it for you. But I'm, that's one thing. God is a gentleman. <laughs> you know, the revelation said he stands at the door knocking. You know, I got my, my little kids. They mean when we had the door locked, if it wasn't, if the door was closed, if it wasn't locked, they'll just come right on in. That Jesus, God is a gentleman. He ain't doing that. God will knock on the door. And when he knocks on the door, he realizes, thank you, Dr. Oliver. He said that the doorknob is on the inside. You have control of the doorknob. So as he's knocking on the door, it's our responsibility and our right. We have to be the ones that let him in because he's not going to 
He's not going to barrage his way in. He's not going to do that. So when you're at rock bottom and you and you and you and you looked at the man in the mirror and you've asked God to come in and help you fix your situation and he and he's at the point at that point he he knocks on the door. And when he knocks, you let him in. And when he comes in, the Bible says he'll sup with you, man. That means he'll come in and he'll communicate. He'll tabernacle with you. He'll tabernacle with you. He'll dwell with you. And when he comes in, all of the darkness, that depression, uh, uh, that, that depression uh, leaves, because dep depression will leave you in a dark place. But when the deity comes in, he dispels all of that darkness. Light comes in immediately. As soon as he comes on the scene, hear me and hear me well. I don't know what you call God. I call him Jesus. I mean, I still believe that at, that at the name of Jesus, every needs to, that's what I call him. I don't get on you for what you call him. Don't knock me for what I call him. But as soon as he comes in, as soon as he sups with us, the darkness has to give away to light. And once it gives away to light, then things begin to, because guess what? When you're in darkness and who do you know can see? Who do you know that can see in darkness? I want to see what she said. Hold up. We have to let go of something. Corey said, we have to let go of some baggage for the next level up. Yeah, that's good. Can I use, can I borrow that? I'm going to use that. Because it would be real, real heavy trying to go to the next level while you're still holding on the baggage. That would be super, super hard. But as I was saying, if you are depressed, and you're dealing with darkness. Who do you know that can see very well in the dark? And that's why people walk around and continue to bump their head. That's why the people continue to repeat the same process over and over and over and over and over. Why? Because they're walking around in darkness. I, I taught myself how to walk around my house in darkness like that was a good thing. I knew exactly how many steps there were. I knew all of those things. But that's not a good thing to teach yourself how to walk because when Jesus comes in, he, it's automatically something that comes with it. It's light. It's light. And when the light comes on, man, the whole room changes. The whole, your whole perspective changes. Now you can see things that are wrong with you and not just things that are wrong with everybody else. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Diane Kirsten said he will give you peace. That's what that's what that whole light's about. That's why I say, you know what? The things that that's what old folks say, the things that used to, the things that used to bother me, those things don't bother me no more. I use this analogy sometimes, and y'all and sister coach, sister Corey and all my church friends, y'all let y'all, y'all give me a little grace when I say this right here. Because I'm really speaking metaphorically. I'm just joking. But real talk, not real talk. My stress level went down the more my middle finger started going up. I Y'all stop. Don't, don't, don't judge me. Don't judge me. But I literally had to tell some things, hey, I ain't got time for you no more. I give up. Um, you can't have any more. You, if you're not paying rent, you cannot occupy any space in my head anymore. And that's just the truth. So my stress level went way down the more my, I'm not going to do it, but the more, <laughs> the more it started to go up. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. So no, this is hey, this has been a yeah. She said, I, I, "Jasmine, you get it." So no, I don't let nobody stress me out no more. Why? Because he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I'm free, man. I'm free, and you can't make me worry. You can't make me worry. Not anymore. 
Not anymore. You know why? Because God has a given me, God, with me, God has a proven tr track record. <laughs> he is a, if, if he didn't show up, it was because it wasn't in his plan to show up. But every time I needed him to show up, he showed up. And then when he didn't show up, he told me why he didn't show up. Because he told me I wasn't in it in the first place. Because <laughs> it's funny how you know how we get ourselves in a situation. And then as soon as we get ourselves in a situation, then we be wanting God to come show up like real, real quick. And then and he'd be like, no, you got yourself in it. Then let me uh let me let me let me let you get yourself up out of it. But he'll but but even with that, you know what he gives you, Kim, he'll still give you a measure of grace. <laughs> he'll give you grace to handle it, Stephen, even if it's your fault. He still give you grace to go through what you go through. He gave me grace for two and a half years. Well, be and it's still giving me grace. Still give me grace. Still give me grace. Still give me grace. So yeah, this this whole rock bottom thing is is, is real. All of us go through it from time to time. But uh, the 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 thing to realize and to recognize is that when we go through, just the mere fact to say that you're going through it is a perpetual process. Now, if I say we stop through stopped in it, <laughs> that'd be a problem. Cause nobody, who do you know that's, that 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 sees fire coming and stops right in the middle of the fire, or stops right, or who who goes when the flood is coming? I'm just gonna go and and go swimming in a flood. No, uh, uh, you move through it perpetually. You go through it. You go through it. You go through it. But when you go through it, if, if you're groaning, if you're grimacing, whatever, if you mean if whatever, you go through it and you gather. <laughs> Gather all the knowledge. Realize that life is lending lessons. You're just considering the clues. Yeah. Because he'll open up your understanding. And once he opens up your understanding, you'll understand why you went through what you went through. And then guess what? You won't be bitter. But on the contrary, you'll be better. Yep. That's my mother-in-law used to say all the time, uh, Sue Ann. She'll say, move forward. She'll say, forward, baby. Forward. Forward. She didn't say move forward, but she'll say, forward, baby. And even when we when I when Shanika and I were separated, she would call and check on me from time to time. Uh, make sure she said, you all right over there? I'm like, yes, ma'am. You praying? Yes, ma'am. All right, baby, forward. Don't stop. Keep moving. Make sure y'all keep talking. Yes, ma'am. Help me through it. Help me through it. And, you, and God will send you people to help you through it. But, but let me say this. You can't let everybody in because everybody don't need to know your business. It took me a long time to be able to tell this story. It took me a long time because... I was embarrassed. I was married for 20 years. And now I'm single. For real. Yeah, I was embarrassed. But grace, time, healing, all of those things, uh, self, uh, doing a self-evaluation, all those things have brought me to the place that I am now. And on January the 31st, 2022, I can honestly say that I'm more man now than I've ever been in my life. And it's because of the stuff that I've been through. And now that's why I do this podcast. That's why I share and I'm so transparent. Because number one, I'm not embarrassed anymore. It's out there. I'm not embarrassed anymore. Uh, number two, uh, God has forgiven me. Uh, that, that, that's, that's, that, that's, that's for sure. And number three, I've forgiven myself. <laughs> and because I've forgiven myself, now I'm a whole lot better me. And because I'm a better me, I'm a better member. 
for whatever. And I'm just a better member of society. I might church might not ever be the same again since God didn't let Babylon come to the front door. We don't know if church will ever be the same again. And if we don't, <laughs> Grandmama said, I fixed it with Jesus long time ago. And I promise you, I ain't, I'm not I ain't, I'm not worried. I'm better. I'm better. I'm better. So I've rambled for the last hour and 45 minutes. And uh but I meant every word I said. And if anything I've said has helped anybody, please, ma'am, please, sir, feel free to reach out to me through my inbox. Uh, I'm going to be here again on next week. I don't know. We're going to stay on this topic another week or two. Because I'm sure some sisters have gone through some rock bottom situations. I love you too, Kim. Uh, I'm sure some sisters have gone through some rock bottom situations as well. And they might want to share that. So we might, we might just uh, stick around rock bottom for a little while. Because so many people, especially after this pandemic, yeah, yeah, it, it'll be shared. Uh, every, uh, it'll be uh, after this pandemic. All of us, all of us, all of us have experienced what rock bottom looks like. <laughs> yeah, we've dealt with deaths. We've dealt with being locked in, told we couldn't go anywhere. Don't know all this. Just been weird, weird situation, weird season. But through it all, I've learned one thing. And Pastor Evans is on here, and I can tell you, and I'm sure he can testify. He's a keeper. <laughs> Lord have mercy, he's a keeper. He's a keeper. And if y'all don't get anything else from me that I've said for this last hour and 47 minutes and 54 seconds, if you don't get anything else from me, please remember this. He got, okay, I, well, that's two because Sue Anders gave me another. First of all, God is faithful. But number two, he's a keeper. Y'all do me a favor. Before we leave, will everybody just type that in the chat for me? He's a keeper. Just. And we're going to go out on that tonight. He's he's a keeper. He's a keeper. He's a keeper. He's a keeper. I'm going to do something. Uh, I love you too, Chanel. Uh, I'm going to do something I don't normally do on uh, on this show, but I'm going to start doing it on Tuesday night. And I want you all to pray for my friend Ray Evans too. Uh, he's in the chat. Pastor friend of mine in uh, Columbus, Mississippi. He is a good friend. Hey, type it out for me. He's a keeper. Type it, type it, type it, type it. He's a keeper. Uh, I'm going to pray tonight. Um, you know what? I, no, I want somebody else to pray. I want somebody else to pray. Uh, Pastor Evans, I'm I'm, I'm going to put this. Uh, I'm going to put this link in the chat, and if you will, click on that for me right quick. And if you will, I want you to come on. I want you to pray because I I got a feeling people stuck around for a while tonight. So I I believe that there are some more people who are uh in the same situation. And uh, you don't have to show your camera. I don't care whoever clicks on, whoever wants to pray. First person to pray, click on that link right there. And I, I want you to pray us out tonight. We don't normally pray on our Monday night show, but we're going to pray tonight. We're going to pray tonight. Tuesday night. I got a Tuesday night show coming. Y'all going to like that show, I promise you. But uh, somebody, don't don't everybody jump at once. Somebody pray, please. Please, ma'am, please, sir. It's right there in the chat. Just click on that, uh, click on that link. If you can't do it that way, let me know, and I'll, I'll send you a link personally. But who who's gonna do it? I'm gonna give you about another minute to uh, pray uh, to click on the click on the link. Uh, hold on, Pastor Evans, you still there? I'm, I'm going to send it to your uh, to your inbox. Check your inbox on Facebook in one second. I'm, I'm sorry, I put you on the on the on the on the uh, on the spot like that. But hey, oh, it ain't, it's not giving me. It's not letting me tag you for some reason. That's fine. If y'all don't, nobody want to pray. Are you gonna see it? It's it. It was in the chat. 
Uh, how can I send it to you? How can I send it to you? How can I send it to you? Hold on. I'm, I'm going to send it to your phone, Dr. Evans. Give me one second. I'm going to send it to your phone. You know, if you look right in, if you, hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm messing this up. Inbox, inbox, Dr. Evans. Hold on. Here we go. I know how to do it. Y'all hang on because he, he's going to pray for us. Hold on. Hold on. Do it here. Copy. Now I'm going to go to Facebook. Hold on. We're almost out of here. We're still going to be out before 11. Come on, Facebook. All right. Go into my inbox. Then I'm going to look up Dr. Evans. Hope. All right. It ain't working. It's not working well. Good thing is I I do know how to pray. So let's let's uh let's look unto the Lord to be dismissed tonight. Ask you put it on there too. I'm trying to get uh put the put the link in the chat so I can get Rayfield Evans to come on and pray. I mean Dr. Ray Evans to come on and pray. The link the link is right there in the chat, right right above right where Ashley Granberry just put it at Doc uh, Pastor Evans. It says https streamyard.com. If you see that, if you click on that, it, it will put you on, it will, it'll, it'll allow me to bring you on the show. And then you can actually pray us out tonight. But if you don't hit it, like I said, I'm going to go ahead. And, if you don't, if you don't see it, then I'll go ahead and pray. All right, let's pray. Eternal God, our father, thank you tonight for what our eyes have seen. Our, our hearts have been, our ears have heard and our hearts have been made to feel. God, thank you for God uh, just being a one in the midst of our conversation there. We pray that our words have not fallen on deaf ears, but God, we pray that they have fallen on good ground and that someone was helped by the conversation on tonight. God, I realize that uh, you don't make any mistakes and that anything you did was planned. And we appreciate you for that, Father. So now we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory for all that you've done tonight. We pray that someone that's dealing with rock bottom now will uh, begin to be released, that will get the lesson that's necessary. and. Uh, and begin to ascend from that low, dark place. And God began to rise up and walk in the newness of life. We praise you now in advance for testimonies. We thank you for those that are rebounding uh, in the in the process of rebounding. We thank you for those that, that came in tonight and were distraught and were despondent. But now they think that, that, they're, that they've become acquainted with deliverance. And Father, you're going to do it. And I appreciate you for it. So God, now I give you praise. I give you honor. I give you glory. Uh, in Jesus' name, and now that I got uh, Pastor Evans on the line, he's going. We're going to ask him to continue the prayer. Go ahead and pray, Doctor Evans. All right, let, let us pray, Father God. We just want to say thank you. We thank you, Lord, for that powerful teaching. And Lord, we know that in this life we go through things, but we also know that you are our keeper, Lord. Mm. Uh, but not only that, you are our deliverer. And not only that, Lord, you you are our closest friend. And we just want to say thank you. Thank we you, do sir. thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your mercy that is that is with us during the good times, Lord, when we follow after you. And Lord is still with us when we walk contrary to your will. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, we just thank you for all things, Lord. And we ask now that you bless uh, everyone who joined in uh, in this teaching, Lord. Uh, bless, Lord, uh, uh, Reverend Kirkland in a, in a very special way, Lord. Uh, continue to let him pour into others, Lord, what you have poured into him. And Father God, we give you glory right now, Lord. 
because we believe that that as we go through, Lord, you will bring us through. Mm. And for that, Lord, we give you glory right now. We magnify your name right now, Lord. And we just say thank you right now. Thank you for everything that has been said, Lord. Uh, it is found, it is registered in our hearts and in our spirits. And it is it is food to grow on, Lord. And yes. we just say thank you. Bless right now in the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen and thank God. Amen. Thank you, my friend. That's, that is Pastor Rayfield Evans of the Southside Baptist Church in Columbus, Mississippi. That's my friend. I, and I appreciate you. Bless you, man. We'll be, I'm going to get you on the show soon, okay, Doc? No, any, anytime, my brother. All right, we're going to get you on soon. All right, so you all uh, you all see the uh, – uh, if, if any of you all want to show support for our show, uh, I don't know if you all can see it, but we are growing. I got my microphone now. I got my little interface over here. Uh, I uh, – I, uh, what else I got? I got my oh, I got my earphones now. I mean, so we're growing, man. We're growing, and it's because of your support, and I appreciate you. So if you all would love to support uh, this show, you can show support uh, by uh, uh, blessing us at uh, at the dollar sign, the intellectual stew. Uh, dollar sign, the intellectual stew. I'd like to thank all of our sponsors now, uh, Body Works Chiropractic and Dr. Kevin Flythe. He bought the microphone. Uh, my friend Adrian, I mean, excuse me, Andre, uh, he, Andre Demetrius, he brought, uh, bought my interface and my friend Floyd Armstrong, he bought my, uh, my headphones. I bought my little mic stand and a couple of other things. So, uh, yeah, I know. So it's, it's, Hey, I'm growing, I'm growing. My little sets looking a little bit better. And I, I, I appreciate that. So if you all want to be a support, please do, please do. Uh, I'm not begging. I'm gonna be all right. Trust me. But, uh, but I do have other things that I want to do. Y'all going to see a real facelift soon with all of my graphics uh, because I, I did hire uh, image consultant slash, uh, what do you call it? brand consultant. So I'm looking forward to this. I really am. And uh, y'all going to continue to grow with me. So I'm out of here. It's been fun. It's been real. Uh, but I got to go. Uh, but y'all remember, every time I ask the same question, whenever I leave, I ask the same question. And that question is... The world is changing. Y'all hear that? I said the world is changing. Why do you remain the same? Have a good night and I'll see y'all next week.